Um, everyone, I'm joined with my dear colleague, Megan Lim, um, a Japanese acupuncturist. Megan and I have journeyed together for some time, bringing you information on the different extracts um, from an Asian medicine perspective, as well as a gemotherapy materia medica perspective. But today, our conversation took another turn when we got ready to record. And, and Megan was sharing with me a little bit of what she's seen in her practice. And Megan, I'm just gonna let you take it from here and let's see where we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you, first of all, Lauren, for this joining and um, our explorations. Uh, they bring so much joy and clarity and groundedness to my everyday life. And so I hope all of you listening um, would like to explore a little bit with us. And I can share with you that what I have been experiencing recently in my practice as I join one-on-one -on -one in a clinic setting uh, with my clients is that you know, I have worked to really create a safe place for those joinings. And uh, many of my clients I've been working with for a long time. And recently, although the past you know, year and a half or two years have been um, an up and down and round and round physically and psycho-emotionally for many of us. Recently, uh, people have been reporting that they're feeling like their external world is feeling harder to digest. It's feeling <laughs> chaotic <laughs> or it's feeling uh otherworldly and upside down and they just can't make sense of it and it's not resonating with their hopes and dreams or even with what feels okay at all and um they're sharing that not only is that their experience but it's really affecting their internal experience and their stamina to exist in this is waning and so I have, you know, I have a coping mechanism that I think that I, um, is the bittersweet of all of our coping strategies that we acquire and develop through our crooked road of um, becoming a human um, and growing and developing throughout our lives. And one of the things that I do is that when, um, my stimulus or environment or people that I'm encountering um, seem to be more affected and more um, they're more uh, chaotic with less um, finding still point and stability. I notice that I naturally go to the other extreme and become quite still and that there is, for me, one of the things that I'm doing some self-inquiry on and really looking deeper into is how that strategy is beneficial and not beneficial to my evolution as a person and to us as a community and how I show up for myself and how I show up for my clients. So uh, I get still and calm and sometimes there's a deep clarity in there where I can actively and consciously listen and hold space for the other person's experience 
without joining in their experience of chaos, right? So that I can hold space for their experience and facilitate their finding their way back to getting back on curriculum, finding their inner stability, finding their inner clarity. Um, and sometimes my going still and calm can feel dissociated or feel like I'm creating a protective barrier and a blockage. Like looking away um, opposed to tuning out, opposed to tuning in. Megan, that's really interesting. However, do you really think you're tuning out or do you think you're reaching that place on the, on the where I'm seeing in the polyvagal wheel of being in that dorsal vagal, ventral vagal blend there where you're still, but you're opening and holding space for connection? Yeah, I think that's beautifully said. I think that the majority of time in my clinic practice, it is a tuned in and clear place, which means that there's some dorsal quality to it, but there is the ability to move up and down or around the wheel. Um, I don't feel stuck in it. Um, I do feel that it's a choice in that moment because it's what enables me to hold space for the other person and hold space for myself. So often um, when you begin a practice in the healing arts, as many of you listening are you know, involved in that also, um, and you show up for people on a daily basis, I think that we all need to find through our journey of showing up for each other, what boundaries look like. And there's the dance of boundaries because we want to be intimate and present. Um, but if one is lost in their story or their current experience and they, they've lost their regulation and I commiserate with that and now I'm lost in their story too, then we're all lost in the story. Yeah. And that happens, right? And, yeah. um, and that's okay. And then we become aware of it and um, we find our regulation again. And so um, although I like to be intimate and present, I also have um, not a separation, but a half step back so that I can listen and be present and hold space without being in it with the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Megan, this is bringing up something really interesting because I think what we're talking about here is habitual patterns and then working with them to bring ourselves to a place where um, we're, we're, we're holding space by choosing, not by falling into um, a um, state of dissociation. And on the other side of that, I think what happens with a lot of practitioners and I would say mothers too, um, is this fix it um, mentality of going into this very um, intense sympathetic state. And, and we get there because someone comes to us in, in that please fix me state, right? And they're in this mobilized sympathetic state and they're um, relaying their experience and, and 
um, they may not be asking to be fixed, but they're relaying their experience in a very sympathetic state. And those of us, which that would be me, and my habitual pattern, want to join in that dance and help fix. And um, that, again, doesn't serve me. And it doesn't serve this person. And I, I'll give you a great example. I just had this experience yesterday um, with my 20-year-old son. And he was um, relaying this experience from the external world of being, you know, pretty shaken up and bothered by it. And um, I wanted to jump right in and repair, right? And so at, I began asking questions so I could help offer up a solution. And he looked me in the eye and he said, mom, I'm looking for the compassionate friend right now, not a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that goes back to what we used to talk about. He was looking for somebody to just show up. Exactly. and sit with him and not somebody to take him by the hand and right and that's how we started our conversations about um you know showing up by supporting the sympathetic doer kind of state and then that gentle being with state that we've been exploring with the extracts and, and so what we're both dancing around is for practitioners and i would say parents or space holders for friends and family and loved ones is to become more aware of your habitual pattern. Where mm -hmm. do you go when you encounter someone that's dysregulated by the external world and their internal landscape? And is there a way that you can practice stepping in yourself to a different place? and and finding regulation and i think though that would involve using all the tools right that we practice all along so how do you remind yourself megan yeah so i think this is a beautiful um circle back to where we started because i started out by saying that uh, people are showing up in my practice and feeling uh, quite overwhelmed or like their external environment is quite chaotic and although i shared that i tend to um, go more uh, dorsal vagal in those moments to hold space really what my deeper share was in that is that i have found myself with a mental imagery of being in the eye of the storm mm. and so opposed to you know, the polarity of a different extreme, I, through my tools and through breathing and my exploration and the use of gemos, and we all have our own toolbox of um, self-care and support that we tap into, I am able to see what they're experiencing. And if I tune into the news or um, have a conversation with somebody who feels quite triggered, I can, um, it's not that I'm not able to perceive what they're perceiving, yet I have been able to find a place um, to exist that feels like a still point in the center of the chaos. 
And, you know, I think, you know, we've all heard that saying, you know, it's easy to be a monk in a cave, but, you know, being able to find our um, inner stability and ability to ride the wave of the life journey while we're out and about in real life is more challenging. Um, but you talked about the breath really briefly, and it's so poignant to what we're talking about because that is one of the tools that I use and I know many of us use personally and professionally. And when we talk in Asian medicine about uh, stimulus and what we take in, um, we're really talking about an aspect of the spirit that in Asian medicine is called Po. And it's the embodied aspect of our spirit. It's the part, they say it's the Pinocchio part of the spirit, the part that just wants to experience being a real live embodied person. It's, uh, and so when we feel a little dissociated or we want to kind of look away from the dark corners or the chaos, um, how do we support ourselves to find that eye of the storm and create a space where it's okay to come back in and feel safe being embodied again? Mm -hmm. And so this, the Poe oversees, you know, not just the digestion of literal things, our food and fluid, but the digestion of all of our stimulus, everything that we're taking in. It's the somaticized part of our spirit. And so I think that what I'm describing, we can talk about it through the um, nervous system lens, but I think there's some beautiful imagery with, you know, feeling the pores of what stimulus comes in and how resourced we are. And so if we reach a place where it feels like too much, one of the ways that we try and instinctively control that is through shallow breathing. And there's this beautiful quote that I read this morning that says, when we breathe in, we are embracing the experience of living. We are asking to feel everything that goes with being embodied. So when it starts to feel like too much and you notice that you're shallow breathing or you stop your breathing, in a way, instinctively, actually, what we're trying to do is to numb out a little or to feel less or to somehow through the PO, try and control the stimulus that's coming in. And so in our mindfulness practice, when we tend to elongate the exhale to downregulate the nervous system, really what we're doing now, you can see, is we're getting that po to let go of more than what it's taking in and reverse that cycle. Wow, letting go of more than we're taking in. That, that sounds like a perfect lesson we all need to be doing every day. We talk about reducing what we take in, but even letting go of more. You know, Megan, it's, it's not ironic that we, um, or it is ironic, I should say, that we were getting together to discuss two gymos that I think actually would be very useful right now. And I, I can't help but give a little soundbite on them each because um, um, I think they, that if someone's listening and they find themselves, gosh, I fall more into this place Megan's describing or I fall more into this place Lauren's describing, there's a Gemma for each one of those. Yeah. And um, we'll be following up in the coming weeks, folks, folks with more information, a Gemma memo on them. But 
Um, let me give you a little commercial and you can always head over to the demo store and have a look at the description yourself. But what comes to mind as you're talking is for um, coming back into yourself and coming into that still place and feeling safe enough to do that, what comes to mind for me is hops. And hops does that so beautifully and it's, it's essence to stabilize and allow you to come back into yourself. And for being able to quiet in the midst of the phonetic chaos that we're all in and ground ourselves rather than, than stir it up into this sympathetic mobilization like I was discussing. Um, oats is, thank you, Megan. Oats <laughs> is the extract that we want to consider because it gives that, that rooting and particularly in the face of others' energy. And so if you think about the oat plan and its ability to just stay rooted in all the wind and weather and it just sways, that's what we want to be doing right now. We want that flexibility to just move and stay. I know who I am and I'm rooted here but I can be flexible and move with what's coming. Yeah, so beautifully put. I love when we can use the imagery of the plant or shrub or tree itself. Um, so yes, oats, I think that in the midst of talking about oats, it's in, there's this image that I use when I think about oat and it's the hub of a wheel. Mm. Um, so swaying in the breeze is, is there's something so rooted and stabilizing to that. But when I think about oat through the Asian medicine, you know, it supports the middle burner. It supports us being able to come back into our, the core and center of our being and refine our groundedness when we want to sort of do, 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 or fix, or um, sort of be hypermobilized and hyperfunctioning. And as it supports the middle burner, we can think of the middle burner as sort of the hub of the wheel of our body. And so it provides stability, but not in a still way. It provides stability in the midst of movement, which is exactly what we were talking about with the eye of the storm, right? So when things around us are constantly transitioning, we know that oat is a beautiful, um, enhances our ability to adapt. It enhances our ability to find our homeostasis and inner strength and stability in the midst of constant transition, just like sort of the hub of the wheel that can find a still point as we go round and round, which is sometimes what it feels like we're doing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the healing process because it is cyclical and it, and it is a spiral. And you know, Megan, I think what, what I would like to share with folks as we begin to close out here is exactly what happened here. Because we showed up to talk about something different. Mm -hmm. But there was another conversation that needed to happen. And I wonder, folks, how many times you show up with a client or a friend or family member with a preconceived agenda already there, ready to roll out when there's another conversation that wants to be born. And by listening deeply, 
Um, and I won't give myself credit for that deep, deep listening, but there was something I heard in what Megan said today pre-recording that struck me deep enough to say, this is the conversation. Yeah. This is and I think there's a piece of um, feeling safe that's very much involved in that. You know, Lauren and I have a safe relationship with each other. And I think each of us sometimes is finding our way to safety in our relationships with ourselves also. So if you can find a place um, where you can show up knowing that all that's expected of you is for you to show up as yourself and you don't have to have anything pre-planned or pre-recorded or necessarily be impressive. That intrinsically people um, just want you to be you. And then um, sort of that magic of what needs to come can come to the surface. Megan, I can't add anything to that. That was perfection. So I'd love to thank you for this. conversation and I want to um, send folks over to your website if they wish to learn more about Asian medicine. Um, yeah, so my website is aculemp.com and I actually have felt um, the nudge this week to open myself up to some um, short one-on-one -on -one conversations with any other GEMO practitioners out there. If you're studying to be a practitioner or you are a practitioner and you are needing to brainstorm or um, bounce ideas or um, you're stuck in a case or something, we are in unprecedented and challenging times that are really ripe for us to deepen our practice, whether it's personally or professionally. This isn't something that I normally do, but um, I think we need to support each other right now and not just our clients. Beautiful. Thanks. And if you're looking for more information on gemotherapy, I want you to take a look at laurenbelay.com. We've just opened a brand new storefront with a little more guidance for your selections. And you might want to take a peek at O4 Hops extract that we gave you a little bit about today. We'll be coming back with further information this month on both of those. So thank you all for joining us and I look forward to further conversations with you, Megan.